Chapter Nine of The Campfire Girls at Sunrise Hill. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. The Campfire Girls at Sunrise Hill by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter 9 The Guardian. Miss Martha McMurtry was an odd guardian for a campfire club which owed its existence to Betty Ashton's enthusiasm, for two more different persons cannot well be imagined. Of course, the girls in the club were of many kinds and characters, and it would have been almost impossible for any guardian to have been congenial with all of them, but it was unfortunate that the head of the sunrise camp and the two girls who were its leading spirits had at the beginning of the summer so little in common for there was no question but that Petty and polly were leaders one week in camp had been more than sufficient to prove this Petty's influence was of course easy to understand for she was uncommonly pretty and wealthy, and though spoiled and wayward, given to such generous impulses and affections which made her friends willing to overlook her faults. With Polly O'Neill the case was different. She had no money and was not particularly good-looking. It was simply that the intensity of her emotions would always, whether as a woman or child, make her a force for good or evil. When Polly was happy, persons about her found it almost impossible not to share in her mood. She had such a delicious sense of humor and was so full of clever jokes and delicate unconscious flatterings then when an ugly mood descended upon her and as polly in irish fashion used to say a witch rode on her shoulders it was almost equally impossible to ignore her foolishly tragic points of view there is an old name for ireland innis fodla which means the island of destiny, and though Polly had been born in a little New England village, nevertheless in her blood there was a strain of those inheritances which have made the Irish nation so unlike all others. While Betty and Polly were friends, there was apt to be peace among all the girls in the camp, but if they should disagree, ah, well, they had never really had any serious differences of opinions in their lives, which Molly, after the passing of a day or two, had not been able to smooth over, and they both had every intention 
of making themselves as agreeable as possible to their guardian of course from the beginning of things it had been perfectly apparent that betty would never voluntarily have chosen miss mcmurtry for their camp guardian but finding that her science teacher was the only woman in woodford who knew about the campfire movement and was able to spend the summer with them she had accepted the situation with as good a grace as possible miss martha mcmurtry was not an attractive woman when she first came into the sunrise camp names have an odd fashion of describing the persons who owned them and miss mcmurtry's exactly described her have you not a mental picture of a tall learned young woman with straight black hair which she wore pulled back very tight forming an unattractive knot at the back of her head of course she also wore glasses having spent all of her life inside of books until her pupils were convinced that she knew everything in the world she did know a great deal and because of her knowledge was a splendid campfire guardian but there were a few things about human nature which her girls were to teach her in exchange for her science her information covered a number of fields for while she taught botany and chemistry at the girls high school she had also taken a two years course in domestic science before beginning her teaching miss mcmurtry was only twenty-six had no family and lived all alone in a small house in woodford however she appeared much older and one of the questions her pupils were never able to answer was whether she had ever had a man call on her in her life about her early history there was very little known as she did not care to talk about herself and no one ask about her past about five o'clock on the next afternoon miss mcmurtry and esther clark were seated not far from the small fire which they had lately built near their pine grove the day was not cold but new hampshire is seldom very warm in june and besides no one in camp ever tried to resist the opportunity for having a fire when most of their pleasure in being in camp centered around it back and forth from the pine grove to his friends aya little brother traveled he was carefully engaged in bringing pine cones to miss mcmurtry and piling them in a small mound later to be thrown on the fire on the ground between the woman and girl were some odd pieces of khaki galatia bits of leather fringe shells and beads and esther 
was busily sewing miss mcmurtry was writing several times she had torn up what she had written throwing the waste paper into the fire but finally she handed a sheet to esther in a hesitating way see what you think of this esther she asked you see the camp guardians are advised to follow certain rules and regulations in camp life and i have been trying to decide what would best suit us please tell me what you think esther looked the paper over thoughtfully and then began reading it aloud six thirty a m arise wash either bathing in lake or tent then air bedding thoroughly hoist american flag salute it three girls prepare breakfast seven thirty a m recite in unison morning verse eat breakfast make up own bed and clean tent also do whatever share of work is apportioned for the day ten to twelve a m devote to practice in one of the seven campfire crafts for obtaining honors twelve to one p m three girls prepare dinner one to two p m dinner served two to three p m rest three to five thirty p m recreation five thirty to six thirty p m three girls prepare tea six thirty to seven p m tea served seven to eight thirty p m campfire stories songs confidences etc eight thirty p m milk and crackers bed nine p m lights out esther read the schedule over the second time and then nodded her head approvingly it's splendid and i am sure the girls will think it can't be improved upon she answered adding the latter part of her speech as she handed the paper back for miss mcmurtry was looking troubled and esther half guessed the cause miss mcmurtry said nothing however only picking up a piece of esther's sewing what is this you're making esther she inquired i thought you had made your ceremonial campfire dress some time ago esther did not reply at once as she bent more closely over her work but on being asked the question the second time returned with an attempt at speaking carelessly oh it's betty's costume i hope you won't mind but she says really she never has had time to do any sewing since our club was formed so as we are to have our june council fire to-night i promised to finish it for her you see this is our most important meeting because that afternoon in town 
we did not have an opportunity to arrange appropriate ceremonies miss mccurtry nodded yes but i thought it was part of our plan to have each girl make her own dress even sylvia wharton has done her best to help miss mcmurtry picked up a portion of the neglected dress however and began to assist esther i wonder if it is a good thing for you and betty to be together she remarked thoughtfully of course i know mrs ashton's intentions were for the best in taking you to live with them at this late date and they will probably be very kind to you but really there isn't any reason esther why you should take all the cares away from betty she seems to be one of the persons in the world for whom nothing is ever made difficult while you breaking off abruptly she turned to see if her small charge was still busy and then shaded her eyes from the sun esther laughed happily not so shy and awkward here in the woods with the other girls she had lately thought little of her own lack of advantages you needn't worry about me she now replied stopping her work for a moment to look off across the fields for the return of the other campfire girls already i perfectly adore betty of course she does not care a great deal for me for there is nothing in me to attract her but all my life i have wanted someone to love and sort of take care of and do things for of course betty has so many people she does not need me much now but some day oh well as she herself says one never can tell just how things may turn out in this world whoa hello whoa hello whoa hello a far cry from several voices sounded across the fields and a few moments later betty ashton meg eleanor and juliet field came into view betty was wearing her everyday campfire costume with the official hat of blue cloth embroidered with a silver-gray w on a dark red background and over her shoulder was strapped a smart knapsack she seemed to dance away from the other girls although she was not dancing but running yet such was her grace and slenderness that somehow she appeared like to a lady turning in the dance foot before foot from earth so slightly moved that scarce perceptible her advance arriving first she threw herself down on the ground near esther tossing off her hat and resting her head on the other girl's lap i am nearly dead she exclaimed rather irritably two miles walk into town and two miles back is a good deal when one has been doing a thousand things beforehand 
besides i didn't find a letter from mother or father and molly and polly have seven from mrs o'neill one for each day of her trip from new york to queenstown of course it does take longer for a ship to land in naples so i am silly to be disappointed yet i am just the same besides polly was dreadfully obstinate and would insist on coming back to camp by another route said it was shorter and much more adventurous than the open road so we parted and molly and sylvia and b axe returning with her she may be having more adventures than we did but the way is not shorter for we appear to have arrived first opening her knapsack betty then handed two letters to miss mcmurtry and gave a little rolled package to esther here is something for you from dick he doesn't seem to have written me either esther unwrapped her parcel it is just a piece of music your brother told me about an indian love song he thought perhaps i could learn it and we could sing it together in camp he is very kind betty shrugged her shoulders oh yes dick is kind to nearly everybody except to me sometimes when he thinks i need discipline but he and mother both think you have a remarkable voice esther and that it will be a pity if you don't have it cultivated some day esther laughed touching betty's auburn hair affectionately it was loosened from her walk and curling round her face this is my soul's desire betty she whispered surprised at her sudden burst of confidence but betty's manner with her was unexpectedly more intimate than it had been since their first meeting she could hardly have known that it was owing to the fact that she had just quarrelled with her adored polly of course betty did not intend to be deceitful she was simply in the habit of seeking consolation from some source whenever things went wrong with her now she put her hand the second time into her knapsack and drawing forth a square white box she proceeded to open it in a slightly shamefaced fashion and then handed it to miss mcmurtry i am a dreadful backslider from campfire rules but i just had to have some candy this afternoon do eat some with me so i won't be the only sinner in camp she begged miss mcmurtry shook her head don't tempt esther or any of the other girls betty she replied in a tone that betty was familiar with at school one of the health craft rules you girls have promised to observe is to give up candy between meals for three months of course if you wish to break your word you may but i had rather you would not try to influence anyone else 
Betty banged the lid back on her box. Oh, she replied unsteadily, I am sorry you feel about me in that way. I didn't mean to be a mischief-maker, but you need not worry about Esther, for she is not the kind that falls from grace. She sat a few moments longer, leaning her chin on her hand, and looking toward the grove of pine-trees where the shadows were now growing longer and darker as the afternoon lengthened. Sorry to have fallen from grace herself, Betty at this moment would have perished rather than confess it. The other three girls had gone straight on up to the tents, Meg taking little brother with her. But now Eleanor appeared at the opening before their kitchen tent and began vigorously ringing a large dinner bell. Betty Ashton, she called. It is half past five o'clock and time to begin dinner. You know it is your turn to help with Juliet and me. Meg is putting the baby to bed. Betty encircled her hand above her lips, forming a small trumpet. I'm not going to help with dinner tonight. I'm too dead tired, she hallowed back. I'll help tomorrow instead. Tomorrow, Eleanor cried indignantly. What has tomorrow got to do with it? You are no more tired than the rest of us, and besides, it is your turn tonight, and we have promised not to try to get out of things unless we are ill. Eleanor said nothing more, but even at a distance of a good many yards, it was plain that she had flounced back inside the tent. When she came out again with some pots and pans, her air was one of conscious and offended virtue. A moment later, Betty sighed. I wonder if you would mind taking my place this afternoon, Esther, she inquired. I am very tired, and you haven't been doing anything. Would you mind, Miss Martha? Betty made her request very prettily, and really without the least idea that it could be refused, for she was not in the habit of, of being made to do what she did not wish. With her own family, to have said she was tired would have been regarded as a sufficient excuse for any change of plan. Perhaps Miss McMurtry would have been wiser had she agreed to Betty's request, and had she been another girl, she possibly might have been more lenient. Now she decided that Betty was simply trying to shirk her responsibilities, and so slowly shook her head. Of course, if you're not well, Betty, I will be glad to take your place myself, she answered, trying to speak kindly. However, if I were you, I would hardly say that Esther has been doing nothing since she has been sewing all afternoon on the ceremonial dress you promised to make yourself. 
so that you may wear it to our council fire tonight. Betty got up quickly. Please don't do any further work for me while we are in camp together, Esther, she demanded, for it is evident that Miss McMurtry thinks I spend my time trying to impose on you. As far as the dress is concerned, I shall not need it tonight, for I shall not come to the council fire. I will do my part in helping to get dinner, of course, but I prefer to rest afterwards. Hardly knowing what she was doing because of her anger, Betty yet managed to get up quietly from her place and start toward camp without glancing at either Esther or Miss McMurtry, although she heard Esther following close behind her. Please don't disappoint us, dear, Esther pleaded. I know Miss Martha will be willing to let me do your work tonight if we ask her again, and it will quite ruin our council fire if you are not with us. What will Polly say when you and she have planned the whole ceremony? And I, I shall be so disappointed, for I am to be made a fire-maker tonight. Besides, you know we are to talk over the names we hope to be known by in our club. But Betty only walked steadily on, as though deaf to the other girl's entreaty. Near her own tent she turned at last, and Esther could see that her eyes were full of tears. You were mistaken, Esther, though I am sure you are very kind. She insisted with her offended princess air, about which Polly used so often to tease her. I am sure no one will miss me in the least, and my absence will give you a chance to bestow on me the title you think really belongs to me, such as Betty who won't bear her own burdens, or anything you prefer. Please leave me alone now. So there was nothing more Esther could do but to return to her work knowing how little influence she had with Betty at any time. End of chapter 9